Ben, I, I just want to go on about it. I want to get it out of the way. Can you believe I have now had my first paid job? Well, first ever job, but it, it was paid in the TV industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said it's quite impressive. I, you actually impressed. Uh, listeners, I was on TOWIE. Um, <laughs> go watch it on the ITV Hub. I'm an extra in the background. A guy with a stripy polo shirt on and hair. A terrible hairdo. I wouldn't say it's terrible. It's I'm getting quite long, though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. The thing is, Ben, right, up until a couple of years ago, you and your brother were renowned for having long hair. You yeah, had proper long hair. And it you was were known, not... In my house, you were known as the long hair um, twins. And having long hair was not a good look. I... Why did you have it so long for so long? Because it was longer than mine. Oh, yeah, it was really long. It was really long. Like shoulder a... length? I don't know. Just... Had it, it had it from that long from when I was quite little, and then I had it quite long for quite a long time, and then I was just like, now I've just gone short. Yeah, fair enough. I I like the look though. Uh, Ben's got like kind of curlyish hair, and he looks a bit like a like a cool pirate. Yeah, when I grow my hair long, bad. it goes really curly, and it looks quite cool. It does yeah. look quite cool. It does. I think it would look cool. better on me now. Yeah, I agree, and I think it'd look cool with the glasses as well. Mm. You used to have them. Yeah. So welcome to today's Articulate Film Podcast, where we're going to be talking about hairstyles. Uh, only joking, coming up on the show today, uh, we're going to be reviewing Cinderella. Yep, the latest Cinderella. Oh, Ben, why? Because if you go on Amazon at the moment, you naturally, it's like massive advertisements, and it's like the most popular film on IMDb at the moment, so... Oh, God. I, I don't know if I'm looking forward to or dreading... Uh, hearing you chat about that because i hate disney princesses also she is a disney princess isn't she right in fairness it's a fairy tale so but she's a disney princess right yeah why well, is she not disney no Pops? because all the disney princesses all the ones adapted in the 50s are from german fairy tales aren't they so oh uh, i mean yeah cinderella and, and what, snow white disney just animated them yeah cinderella snow white rapunzel Sleeping Beauty are all fairy tales. They're all quite dark, and then Disney made them family-friendly. To but, be fair, I do love Rapunzel. Yeah. Let down your hair. Tangled was a banger. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so up on today's podcast. Uh, only Murders in the Building. And uh, Ben, I've seen this. We've got the news section. That's back this week, as there is a lot to talk about. Uh, also going to be talking about Netflix's top five uh, films and top five TV shows which have come out and we're going to be giving our views on them. Ben, you just gave it like a shoe to someone. Well, it's like it. when I say top five, it is literally what's top five on Netflix and we will be quickly yeah. running through them. I think it looks quite good to be fair. Mm. And it's not overly surprising, actually. Yeah, no, it's it's exactly what people are talking about. and So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting to that at the end of the podcast. But let's start with the most Marmite show, I think, or most Marmite thing I think we've ever reviewed on the podcast, Ben. Like I said, Cinderella, you're saying it's huge on Amazon at the minute. Is it that kind of childlike audience or is it for, you know, are they going for a more family tone that the older people can I think it's a four-quadrant blockbuster in the fact that I think it hits your women of a certain age, your adult women, your child girls your young boys. Don't really think it hits your adult men as well, but... Did you did you enjoy it, or did you think, this is a good film, but not for me? So, I saw the trailer, yeah, right. and I thought, my God, this looks like Cats. Like, this looks terrible. Then oh, I saw the reviews, and they're sniffy. They're not great. They're not terrible, the reviews. They're, like, mediocre. 
And then I went into this film expecting to hate it. And I'd been out the night before. And I watched it once. And then I kind of was surprised by my reaction. So I watched it instantly a second time. Um, it's not bad. It's quite good. I actually enjoyed it. Is it, it free if you've got Amazon Prime? Yeah, it's yet? free on Amazon Prime. Um, it follows, it's like... See, if it was on Disney, you'd have to pay another 20 quid for it. If it was on Disney, you'd have to pay another 30 quid, yeah. But it's like a bold new musical take on it with like jukebox okay. music that really has... The music they use has no rhyme or reason. They go from right. like seven nation armies. So we're not go we're not on about some massive soundtrack like The Greatest Showman, right? That's going to be played on the radio for months. No, there's only one new original song, and otherwise it's just covers of songs like "Let's Get Loud" by Jennifer Lopez. Um, right. This time, yeah, Cinderella played Do by love that song. played by global pop star Camila Cabello in her first. Oh, what she played? Her... Of course, of course. May I? Yeah, I know about this. Yeah, I her, love her. In her first film role, she's actually quite good. I love her. Um, I love. Um, did she bring her like? Obviously, she's got uh, Hispanic roots. Did she bring any of that to the role? That'd be interesting. Well, she's it's very traditional fairy tale style, but um, it was set in Britain. I, I did. I, I it's filmed in Britain. Yeah, it's filmed in Britain. You have James Acaster, Ramesh Ranganathan, and James Corden playing the mice. You have a predominantly British cast in there as well. Um, like, I thought it wasn't making a big deal about her being Hispanic, but I did notice that they did close with a Jennifer Lopez song. No. Yeah. Yeah, with a Jennifer Lopez song. Because I always think there isn't mm. enough Hispanic representation. No, and she's really the first... I think this is kind of like a passing of the torch thing from Jennifer Lopez as the former Hispanic rom-com cream to Camila Cabello. Um, I, but the thing is, Camila Cabello is putting her own twist on it, which I like. It's, yeah, the fashion. She's got, got Cinderella on. wants to be a fashion designer. It's almost right. like an inconvenience that she meets the prince and he falls in love with her. It's, Does Shawn Mendes play the prince? No, um, it's Nick, now that would be something. That, that, that I reckon that would make mm, huge headlines, right? That would. But Nicholas Ratznes, who's a brilliant actor, if you've not seen Handsome Devil, which is one of my favourite films of the last decade. Um, he's amazing in that. Um, he's the prince. You also have the fairy godmother, played by uh, Gender Swapped, played by Billy Porter, who, um, it works. Trust me. Trust okay. me, it works. Because I just know from doing school plays, uh, and we do know that one of our former drama teachers actually has recently listened to the podcast, so we got Mr. Yarwood, who once interrupted us live in a podcast once. Uh, we know he listens to the podcast, and school uh, in some of our school plays we used to do, Ben, some of the, uh, the swapping the gender of characters has been abysmal. I think it's fair to say it's really not worked. No, but this one works because, like... Okay. Billy Porter is just... And it is his... a professional film. It's not, you know... Well, Billy Porter is just his fabulous self. And, like, right. heels, he's wearing outfits that are more fabulous than anything Bio wears. He has mammoth heels. He's an amazing singer. He's properly just, like, a, almost like drag queen levels of camp. It's brilliant. Uh, no. But I just... I think this film is camp. It's great. It's like a two-hour-long music video. It lovingly mocks the genre while having the really sweet romance at the end. Caballo is charming and she is really good. I mean, the script is not great, but as summer's coming to an end, we're turning into winter, things are getting a bit more uncertain in life. 
I just found this a lovely, indulging couple of hours of escapism. I feel like, you know, Disney fairy princesses are often associated with Christmas time. How much Christmas vibes are in this movie? Because it has come out at a good time. Yeah, so this Amazon film is on Amazon Prime. It's not a Disney adaption. Um, no, just so people but know. She is, she is a Disney princess. Yeah, people see Cinderella's Disney princess, but um, it, this is. They've all um, got Christmassy vibes, yeah. most of them. This isn't really Christmassy. It doesn't feel Christmassy right. one bit. It feels perfect for the time of the year. Even yeah, though we are. Everyone's inside, you know, mm. watching a movie. And you have a little bit of a. I was having a little bit of a dance. I was enjoying it. The second time around, I had a really good time. <laughs> would you tell your, your teenage mates, well, we're, we're adults now, Ben, it's a bit mm. strange, but would you tell your young adult mates to go watch it? Well, I have mentioned that I watched it and didn't find it too bad because people keep on, people ask me if they see something and like, have you seen it? And I was like, yeah, it's actually not bad. And I think this just shows your dedication to your uh, aspiring job as a film critic. You go and watch Cinderella. Me as a co-host of this podcast, who doesn't know enough about TV and film, who really wants to know more, I'm not, I'm not bloody watching this. Well, I think it's, it's so camp. It is so camp and so wonderful. It's, it's probably not for me, right? I think I'll say that. I wouldn't recommend it to you, but I would recommend it to lots of my female friends who have terrible taste, so... <laughs> I think that just about sums up this movie. Uh, I'd recommend it to my female friends that have terrible taste. It's, okay, it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. It is really fun. Okay. Um, I feel like it's very uh, family orientated. Yeah, yeah, it's a family film. Just for sure. Um, right, should we talk about our next thing that we've got? It's a TV series, a uh, brand new TV series out on Disney Plus, and it's called Only Murders in the Building. Now, Ben, this has been trending a lot on Twitter, this show. Yeah, and it is actually really funny. Like, I'm. I am um, all for Disney making original content for Disney Plus that's yes. not based off an existing franchise. Yes, right? it's. Yes, so it's made for Hulu in the US and in the UK we're getting it on Disney Plus on their like star, slightly more adult brand, which also includes Love Victor, the fa- the most childish show ever. But um it's like that the star brand is so random, I love it. It's um, so random. Anyway. But you know, I, I, I'm all for Disney not just doing the streaming service because this was your fear, Ben, that they were just going to really rein in the cash based on their massive franchises that they own. Um or stole, if you look at Star Wars, in my opinion. But, you know, they're really creating this new content, which is, I think is it's a fun. really good business move. Mm. And it's really, like, interesting to see how they do, because they've not created original franchises in so many years. Well, Netflix is, like, the number one streaming service because there's sure. quantity over quality. Uh, Disney Plus is still a little bit more quality-wise and... They're still, they don't release a lot. It's Disney Plus in the UK, it's Disney Plus third. Does it go uh, Netflix? I'm guessing Amazon Prime because a lot of people have Prime, like for the. the yeah, I think it is the Netflix Prime Disney order. Yeah. I mean. But how did how, how did Disney Plus do with this show? Is, is it good? Oh, it's been a massive hit in the US. It's been Hulu's biggest ever comedy. I don't know wow. how it's doing in the UK. Um, but um, anyway, it follows three people. We live in a. The same apartment building, uh, the tenants Charles, Steve Martin. Why am I getting friends vibes? Mabel, Selena Gomez, and Oliver Martin Shop 
Are I you getting know. friends vibes, Ben? I know you don't like friends. No, it gives is... it gives me no friends vibes. Firstly, because based on that, a comedy about people that live in the same apartment. Yeah, but you didn't let me finish the plot synopsis. Sorry, sorry, that's what he told off. Yeah, you, you can't. Ben, just... Do you want to tell tell me when to resume? Tell me when to resume. Sorry. Yeah, let me get through what the plot's about. So obviously, Steve Martin and Martin Short, the comedic duo who were giants in the eighties, and it's lovely to see Steve Martin back. Um, anyway, after a death in their apartment building and someone's been murdered, the three two elderly men and Selena Gomez all meet shockingly and find they all have a love of true crime so decide to investigate the case themselves and start a true crime podcast about it because what do all because as Martin Short's failed theatre director Oliver says don't all true crime podcasts wish they were at the crime from the start it's um yeah it's it's nothing like friends it's it's nothing like friends it is very funny (laughs) I mean, it's got friendship. It's... You keep saying Selena Gomez. Do I hear that right? Yes. It? So it's Martin Short, Steve right. Martin, who yep. you may know from Three Amigos or the Terrible Pink Panther. And reboot. he's playing a character called Charles. Yes. Uh, so those two are two elderly men who somehow meet a quiet millennial, Selena Gomez, who's more of a... I think she's a better actor than she is singer, period. She's great in this. She is... Both Short and Martin are quite over-the-top personalities and they bring that into this. And Selena Gomez is more down-to-earth. She's more witty. She's more... She, she's Her humour's a darker, subtler humour that brings the whole levels down to what it needs to be. It's kind of got the wacky visualness of Edgar Wright and his comedies um, in the Cornetto trilogy while marring that with, like, the Tina Fey, 30 Rock style and having it all set in one building. And I do really like the idea that these three are only going to investigate murders that happen in their actual building. Um, it's very bold. How many murders happen in their building? I feel like they may do it successfully based on like one murder in season one. <laughs> Series two, there's another murder in their building. Oh, but this is... I, think... uh, yeah, I can see that happening. I don't know why. Oh, I think this show will go on for years. And I think actually it will start becoming part of the joke that so many people... It's like Steve Martin referenced it in his interview with Total Film the other week. That he comments. So it is funny, right? This yeah, is a it's, it's very it's funny. It's, it's a complete comedy. It's like a bold comedy, but it's also very comforting and very simple. It's kind of sad, but silly and satirical, but empathetic. It's all of these things that are served up to you, and there are so many things going on, but it's just such comfort TV, and it's like good for your soul to sit back and watch these half-hour episodes. Um, It embraces the hilariousness of the premise and how it embraces the young and old. It feels like a love letter to TV gone past. There are some brilliant cameos from Tina Fey. She stars in it. Um, It's also got a decent whodunit in the middle. I like what they do examining loneliness because all three of these people... They come together and form friendships, but they're all lonely in their own right. And everything comes together because of the chemistry between Gomez, Martin and Short. It is truly a phenomenal comedy that has me laughing multiple times a week because it releases episodes every week. And they may be half hour, but they feel like so much longer. And it's bold, but safe at the same time. It's interesting and exciting. It knows how to play it. It's pitched perfectly. I think it's it's not Ted Lasso levels of good. What? 
You appear to be a massive fan. It's not Ted Lasso levels of good, but it's the closest thing to Ted Lasso out there. And you adore Ted Lasso. And I adore Ted Lasso. I'm going to sneak it in for every episode till I die. <laughs> I, I, I have to find a way to bring it up every single week. So a bit like me with like Star Wars or Friends. Yeah, but, but like Ted Lasso, more people need to watch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, Ben, so what age uh, group is this aimed for? Because I'm actually on board with watching this. Is it out on UK Disney Plus? Yeah, it's out on UK Disney Plus. They're releasing one episode a week. Um, oh, I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to give this a watch. It's a good Tuesday. Do you think I'd enjoy it? Honestly? I think you'd, I honestly think you'd enjoy it. I mean, I think it works. I instantly thought of my parents and people slightly older, but that's because Steve Martin and Martin Short are... They're really known by that generation. Yeah, they were two of the biggest comedians of the 70s, 80s, 90s, I love how they've, you know, chosen some icons that, you know, the older generation wouldn't know. And Selena Gomez, you know, for a while, she was the most followed person on Instagram, right? Um, And she's got massive records. The whole, the young people know who Selena Gomez is. So I like, from a business standpoint, I know we spoke about that, you know, know, the business of Disney Plus expanding their brand, but this is genius getting actors that are going to appeal to multiple age uh, groups. That is a great casting decision. Yeah, and people love true crime, and it's brilliantly satirising people's love of true crime. And a podcast, very relevant. And a podcast, and they make lots of jokes about making a podcast, which I also vibe i dig those as people who make... and we get them right <laughs> yeah i mean there are some really really good lines in there um i just have a i have a lot of time for this show man i'm i'm actually reckon i'm gonna go check that out uh, only murders in the building out now uh, every tuesday on disney plus make sure you go check that out okay still to come on today's rt film podcast Netflix have released their five biggest films of all time and their five biggest TV shows. We are going to get into that as well as uh, a new show on BBC One called Vigil. Yeah, Vigil, which Vigil. Is... I, that just sounds very odd. I, I questioned how you say that because I've never heard of the word before, but that might mean just being me, a little dyslexic. Uh, before we get on to that, though, we're going to talk about the news and uh, this is ahead of the Emmys as well, isn't it? That's coming next week. Yeah, the Emmys are next Monday. God, that snuck you, up on me. I basically lost I sent you, I said, Mandalorian Star Wars, they posted on their uh, Instagram. Congratulations, the Mandalorian has won an Emmy. I sent this to Ben, he was like, it's not a proper Emmy. So no, no, it's, it is a proper Emmy, but it's the Creative Arts Emmys, yeah, which are normally a week right. behind. They're the creative technical categories. And firstly... Oh, and, uh, you, Well, it's hard to say anything in text, but firstly, they're respected and they are the highest things. It's like the editing and cinematography and you just don't want Mandalorian to do well. I get that vibe. Well, I don't watch. I prefer prefer all the shows it competes against. Um, but also it needs to be remembered the Mandalorian, particularly in the technical categories, its budget is higher than everything it competes against, and also. It competes in the half-hour categories. So, like, last year, it was competing against Shit's Creek in some of the categories. And it was like, yeah, we've won 15 Emmys, but you're winning them against 20-minute sitcoms. Like, compete against The Handmaid's Tale and The Crown and One Division, and you would not win seven Emmys. You might win one or two. 
Yeah, I don't think the Mandalorian would go empty-handed. It would you still don't think win. it's terrible, do you, Ben? No, I don't think it's terrible, but I'm just saying, it goes, oh, we've won so many Emmys, but it's not competing against the right shows. Right. But I do feel like there are hard shows to get it to compete with. Well, I think it should compete against the dramas, like, instead of the half-an-hour sitcoms. Just... Yeah, I mean... Convenient for them, isn't it? A little bit. And when it competes against the dramas, it's not done as well. So Okay. It's not it wouldn't do as well, would it? Well, it's not one and above the line category so far. It's been nominated in a few. I do think it, I've I did my predictions for the Emmys today. And I yeah, am, are they are they up on the RT film website yet? No, I've not wrote them up, I just did them on Gold oh. Derby. But I have put Ginsalo Esposito, I think he will win supporting actor. The Can guy we do another podcast Moth- before the Emmys? Can yeah, we get another we'll- podcast out? Yeah, okay. That's going to come. We're going to do a massive Emmys podcast. We'll Emmys like, podcast. A podcast where we talk about the Emmys. Excited about that. We want to make sure we actually do it weekly because, Ben, Apple says we upload update monthly. Um, so we need to get on that. Yeah, we need to get... Well, we both were and like, we're busy. We, we both were. Yeah, and we I did forget really- to upload the last podcast. <laughs> yeah, you did. So that's kind of why we uh, there was a three-week gap rather than a two, which were... We did record three. one. I just lost it. <laughs> you found it, though? No, I kind of left what, it. So it, it never came out? It never came out. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, was that the one that we did weirdly, though, and you were unsure about the recording? No, it, we did it well, and then what happened was I then worked seven 12-hour days in a row... And mm. I didn't have time to upload, and I just, I recorded it, went straight to bed, then worked, like, I was... Is it on the computer somewhere, or is it... I got... can't find it. <laughs> was it a good podcast or not? Was I it think one it was. Podcasts? I'll find it one day and do, like, a bonus update load, like, six months. I feel like it was. I feel like I came away from the last one absolutely buzzing, but it's all right. It's okay. Well, then when I, I find it, it will be a surprise upload that will be completely irrelevant and quite funny. I, I'm really out of date. I'd love that. I'd love that. Ben, some news you are buzzing about, and I know you, I think you're on board with this because you're a massive Christopher Nolan fan, right? Yeah, I do like Nolan. Uh, so he is to take on true story of atomic bomb inventor. Yes, his late next film is going to be a little bit more downscale. He is doing a film about the atomic bomb creator, J. Robert Oppenheimer, who will be played by Colleen Murphy. Um, now, this is his follow-up to Tenet, which was the film that tried to get everyone back into cinemas and failed. And it's It was just too wacky, wasn't it? It wasn't too wacky. I just don't think it. It was confusing. I still have yeah. no clue what happened in that film. I enjoyed it. I remember that was one of the best podcasts I think we've done because you literally got back from Tenet and we went straight on air. I think I'm always best immediately after coming back from the cinema. I feel like we need to do that more. Mm. Yeah, but I kind of I thought that was really smart. Um, I think this will be an interesting film. I hope it's more character based than his more recent blockbusters which are all just mind fucks. Um, and I also think that it'll be interesting because he's fallen out with Warner Bros, who were his home of many years, because he disagrees Why? with their day-in-day streaming and theatrical model, and he's labelled it the worst streaming service, which means where's it going to go? I wouldn't... My money is actually on Amazon, because I think they would give it a full theatrical release and then no PVOD release. Or Netflix could release it in cinemas for a month. 
Because what about Disney Plus? I don't think Nolan will work with Disney. I don't think he's their brand. But also, I was thinking, considering in his last film, he plashed a crane into a building. Like, he actually crashed a plane into a building. And in Dunkirk... Sorry, Ben, he can't just say he actually crashed a plane yeah, into a building. Yeah, in Tenet, we've all seen the scene where he crashes the plane into the building and they did it. And in... Um, did he actually... No, 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 they actually crashed a plane into a building. And in Dunkirk... He actually crashed a World War One replica, World War Two replica. Intentionally. Intentionally. He he huh. does all of his things practically, which means I'm ninety percent certain he's a, going to set off a nuclear bomb for this <laughs> film. I would is, love it. I get, I, would... the vibe from, I get the vibes from Christopher Nolan that he has a lot of input in what goes on behind the screens. Uh, as well. Oh yeah, no, I think he's one of a very powerful man. But no, I think it would be quite funny if we're all just like um, going, oh, this will be a smaller story for him and he's just going to do a nuclear bomb. He's going to set one off for the filmmaking. But no, he's like Tom Cruise being like, didn't, did you see the footage of Tom Cruise launching a train? I did, I did. And that was real. Off right? a cliff, yeah, that's real. real. That will be in the new Mission Impossible. Tom Cruise is also going to... Space. I can't believe they're allowed to do that. I know. The other neat thing about the new Mission Impossible, I figured, they started filming. Like, they've been filming for about six months now. I think it's got to wow. be one of the longest film shoots ever. Like, they've You not... know what? That is a huge franchise, though. And also, they have had COVID in the way. Where are they filming at? In London, UK. But yeah, they've had disaster. Did, they, did the UK government let Tom Cruise chuck a, a train off a cliff? Yeah. See, that really shocks me. Considering for Towie that I was filming for, weren't allowed to play music on the beach. So, yeah. There's a mild difference between the mammoth production of Mission Impossible 7 and an episode of Towie. I understand, but there's also a massive difference between playing some music on a beach and lobbing a train off a cliff. <laughs> I completely agree. <laughs> You dug yourself a hole. <laughs> well, in all fairness, like the beat, the um, train stunt would have been planned for literally months ahead. Whereas Towie on sandbanks, which is also the train stunt, would have also been in an area where no one was around. Where yeah. Tammy filmed off. Is the ocean okay? Did they take the train out the ocean afterwards? They must have. They must have. Oh, it's just very. They could have CGI'd it. Like, I'm sure they could have CGI'd it. Yeah, but it's more fun. It's fun. I would love to have been there for that. Come on, this is the franchise that's hung Tom Cruise off an aeroplane and had him yeah. drive a helicopter. I didn't realise it was filmed in the UK. Yeah, and it's also had him drive a helicopter and jump out of the helicopter, leaving no one driving the helicopter. I mean... The, the, the extent he will go to stunts is unbelievable, so... Does he get a stunt artist? No, Tom Cruise, but he famously broke his leg in Fallout, and that shot is in the film. I um, just love standing where he stood. They, standing where he stood. They did some filming at Love With Cove, Ben, mm. for one of the films, I can't remember what it was, and me and my mates were like, this is where Tom Cruise stood, on these steps, and we got photos. Yeah, no, I think the thing about what Tom Cruise... What are my Cruise many claims to fame as well as being on Towie? Did I mention that? Yeah, the thing about Tom Cruise, though, is... <laughs> yeah. You did. I always think the insurance for a Tom right. Cruise movie must be, like, half its budget. 
Like when they go, yeah, we're going to be firing Tom Cruise off a train that is falling off a cliff. His life insurance must be through the roof. <laughs> Imagine. Does he work for co-op like me and you get money off life insurance? Like, imagine. God, imagine not- working for co-op. Oh. Pardon? Imagine getting money off life insurance in your job. I got paid imagine in Jager Bonds. getting money off uh, your car insurance as well. I know, I used to get paid in Jager Bonds, so... I yeah, think- I know, and that is why you lost a podcast! <laughs> Moving on. I love this. Uh, moving on, uh, let's talk about uh, the new show streaming every Sunday or airing every Sunday, should I say rather, at 9pm on BBC One Vigil. Yep, so the show follows... What the hell is it about? The title gives away nothing. Yeah, so um, it's about a mysterious... You've gone very close to the microphone all of a sudden. Sorry, it's about, a, it's about a mysterious disappearance of a Scottish fishing trawler and a death on board a Trident nuclear submarine that bring the police into conflict with the Navy and the British security services. Now, let me make this clear. This is a murder mystery style conspiracy thriller set mostly on a submarine why and not... Like told off by, why do I feel like I'm being told off by a teacher? No, this is me telling people on Twitter off and not a documentary about submarines, the navies, or nuclear missiles. Like, it's inevitable that there are inaccuracies and dramatic licenses taken, as in, like, every legal drama, medical drama, police procedure. Just, Just look at Titanic. People that believe there was actually someone like Leonardo DiCaprio on there with another guy chasing him with a gun. It just didn't happen, right? Yeah, no, and um, it's like, if you're the type of person who doesn't watch Line of Duty because it's not realistic enough for you, be quiet about Vigil, because it's a really good show. You have to suspend your disbelief a bit, but it is well written, it's superbly acted, it is tense, it is thrilling, there are twists, there are turns, I am enthralled, I'm loving the story. Um, and it opens with like two massive plot events, which means it's quite hard to talk about the show. But once you're watching it, you can't stop. So, Ben, you know, what, what is this aim for? I'm getting kind of adult vibes. And I like how, you know, on the podcast this week, we've got two, like, uh, films about, uh, shows about murder that have just come out, but they're two very contrasting takes on the idea of murder. Oh, yeah. You it's, know, it's... one's done in a comedic way, and this, you know, I'm getting very, like, serious uh, impressions, right? Yeah, no, Vigil, it's deeply, deeply serious, dark. You're not going to show your kids this. Right. I mean, your teenagers would watch it, but it's 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 scary and it is claustrophobic, and you're just send shivers down my spine. It's good. It's really good. All right. Would you say it's better though than the uh, just uh, obviously they're very different shows, even though they're both about murder, very different. But in terms of which one you think I should watch uh, and which one you think the the listener should watch out of the two, if you had to prioritize one, would you go for uh, would you go for Vigil? Or would you go for only murders in the building? Just as a, you know, a, a viewership perspective, which one do you think is better? Well, only murders in the building release every Tuesday and Vigil releases every fat Sunday. So, yeah, you, you can, know, ben, you can quite comfortably like watch both. 
What? And only how they might be like you working night shifts and having, you know, not having much time off and not being able to watch much on top of MasterChef. Then so, watch whichever thing makes you feel better. And you're not going to choose between them, are you? You're being uh, like Matt Hancock, very political. Well, I think both shows are truly, truly phenomenal. And I think different people will prefer different shows for different reasons. You're either going to love a murder mystery thriller, dark thriller set on a submarine, or That's a something light... something you're going to have to actively like watch. Or a light comedy part. about true crime. Which you can kind of have on the background, have it while you're pottering about. No, because it's also a whodunit, so you do also need a oh, bit right, of your brain right, cover. Right. But you're going to instantly read the synop- plot synopsis and one will draw you to it more. So I'm not going to recommend. But they're two cracking shows, right? Those two in Cinderella, like, if you can, watch all three. It's a strong week. Strong week, yeah. And Speaking we haven't even strong. got to watch the top fives on Netflix. Yes, so uh, Netflix have announced their top five films and their top five TV shows. Should we start with the films, Ben? Yeah, so these were the top five in the UK on Netflix. I just literally went Ever, on. Ever, right? I literally sourced this data off Netflix. Like, and is it is it the only is it the only Netflix is it only Netflix shows, not other stuff that they've bought or like put on their service? Is it Netflix originals? No, it's not Netflix. It's any. These are the most five watched films and the most five watched TV shows on Netflix this weekend. This weekend. This weekend. Oh, I I thought it was ever. No, no, no. I just want it was a quick way of talking for a lot of shows. And films. Yeah, okay, this sounds good. Okay, so uh, number f- five on the films, you got Worth. Yes, so um, I'm not going to talk about everything, but I do want to quickly touch on Worth because it is the 20th anniversary of 9-11, sadly, and there is another thing on the TV side that covers it as well. But Worth is a beautiful biographical drama starring Michael Keaton and Stanley Tucci about the humans who had to the government's payout for the 9-11 victims and it makes you think and it makes you cry it's really good so i know that you're not always a big fan of these kind of things because you think it's other people making money off uh people who've really suffered you know i remember we uh we reviewed the yorkshire ripper or i reviewed the yorkshire ripper and you said you know the idea of that show you've watched that right yes i did watch that and yeah and it didn't it didn't sit well with you the way it was approached uh, are there similarities uh, in your views between that and Worth? Or No, because Worth is a drama, it's dramatised, but it's very conscious of telling the stories of the people affected by 9-11 the entire way through. And it's very conscious of the story it's telling and being respectful. And I went away truly informed. And it's a very interesting moral question of where do economics and humanity meet? How can you judge the lives of a billionaire who worked on the top floor to one of the people who worked on the lower or bottom floors? How do you financially judge that, considering there were so many incomes? Wow, yeah, I mean, that, that is, that's an interesting story in itself. Um, oh, it's a really I, interesting film. Um, I'll, you know, I reckon I will be checking that one out because a few of my friends have told me there's a new uh, 911 uh, film on Netflix. They didn't say it was for worth. But they say it's really good and that I should mm. watch it. So, uh, yeah, I will. I'm surprised it's called Worth, though. I feel like, you know, it might have got more uh, views if it was uh, directly titled after 9-11, maybe. I don't know. Well, um, I think 
it's all about how much is a human life worth and I don't think it's going for eyeballs. I think it's just telling a lovely, respectable story. It released in Sundance last year, so I think it was originally going for awards and then Netflix kind of decided actually it would be better as part of the 20th anniversary. Probably more appropriate. Yes, because there have been lots of things recently coming out about 9-11. So... Lots we got, of, we, we got we, another one to talk about later. Yeah, there's one. On, there's another TV show. We could have done a whole podcast on just all the 9-11 stuff that's come but out. The thing is, yeah, we could. But the thing is, we like to be upbeat, right? We like yeah. to talk about this stuff, but we feel like we don't. We want to be upbeat, right? Yeah, it would have been a very dour podcast. Just yeah, talking. and you know, we we're gonna touch on these things. We're gonna push barriers, but ultimately, we want you to to come away with with a smart one. There is a really good Broadway musical about nine eleven on Apple TV Plus, though, at the moment, just on a kind of random. I note. I was thinking, when are you gonna get into in, uh, in a cheeky plug for <laughs> Apple TV Plus? I was thinking, oh, God, it is only a matter of time. <laughs> yeah, come from away. It's like a Broadway musical about nine eleven, and it actually works. <laughs> Elsewhere uh, in the top fives. Uh, Films that Netflix uh, on Netflix this uh, this week. Uh, Nineteen Seventeen. Have you watched this one, Ben? Yeah. Well, when it came out, it was nominated at the Oscars, and now it's just on Netflix, and people are watching it's it. It's doing really well. Is yeah. that only recently dropped on Netflix? I think it must have. I think it must have, and I think Smurfs Two and Zombieland Double Tap, which are third and second respectively, must have also dropped recently on Netflix because both of them came out a few years ago. Both of them, I kind of got existed until I saw right. that they were second and third on Netflix, and neither of them. Yeah, okay, right. They're both okay. <laughs> You've got better Just things okay. to do. Just um, okay. Okay, number one, Kate. Uh, again, this was trending on Twitter so much. Um, I've seen a lot of hype about it. What's your take on it, Ben? Because it is a bit Marmite, from what I've read. So it's the latest action thriller from the guy who made the John Wick films, um, who's branching out, who produced them. It stars Mary-Kate Winstead, who is phenomenal, as a hit woman who was raised from a child to kill people, and she's an assassin who never misses, and she wants to get out of that life. Now, I have two problems with this film. Firstly, and I feel like these are these are going to be the problems of the masses, I imagine, because there has been a bit of controversy about this film. Yeah, firstly, the problem with the film is we've had a lot of films over the last few months. It doesn't seem like original and, idea. And last two yeah. years, yeah, a lot of films over the last three years that have had male directors go, I'm going to do a female assassin, and the thing is, she's a woman who kills people, and she wants to escape. And I swear I've seen Kate, this film, about four times in the past two months. Right. Like, Interesting how I haven't watched the film. And all I know is that it got Marmite reviews. But based on what you said, I was like, it doesn't seem very original. It's not original. That, that's, that's inter- and it's, it's so not original. I was, Which is annoying because I, I adore John Wick. Yeah, I was on the train this weekend. I've been in Cornwall, so I've spent a lot of time on trains recently. Um, anyway, I was on the train yesterday. I watched Kate on the train. So I watched it yesterday afternoon slash evening. I can't remember it. It's that unoriginal. Uh, I actually can't remember anything that happened. Are you shocked it's uh, number one? No, because it's the latest big Netflix film and it has Woody Harrelson and it has Mary-Kate Winstead. Like, it was going to be number one. It's just... 
can't remember. It's just very unoriginal, and I can't really remember. I'm so, I remember. I know I watched it. I just can't yeah. remember anything that happened. Just like the podcast. Oh, I know I recorded it. I just can't yeah. remember where it's gone. Um, ben, out of uh, the five films, we have just covered the biggest films on Netflix uh, this week. Which one would you say you need to go watch? Well, I knew you were going to say that. Uh, and that does, it just sounds amazing. Um, on now to the top five TV shows. I'm surprised number five is not number two. Well, I think number five is number five because the new episodes of Money Heist came out two weeks ago. True. And so, they were incredible. I can you I've started Money Heist. I'm midway and are you liking it? Are you liking I'm midway it? through season two at the moment and I am yes, enjoying it. Yes, Ben. I'm I'm watching an episode a day. I think Yeah, it's, how you like to, so you can take it in. I'm really I am enjoying it. I'm trying to learn Spanish as well. So, oh, what? So you're watching with English subtitles? You're not watching the dubbed over? Yeah, I'm watching with English subtitles. I'm trying to learn Spanish as well with it. Um, it's not, Are you enjoying it, though? I am enjoying it. I think it's good. Yes! Come on, Ben I like the same TV show! This has never happened before! No. Come on! Yeah. And I watched it first! I know, I was like... Guys, I... honestly, this is a rarity. If you're listening for the first time, you're going to think I'm mental, but Ben and I do not like the same stuff. I know, and you told me to watch it, and I was just like, no, that doesn't. And then I started watching it, and I'm like, oh, my God. I want to know it's what happens. It's very good, isn't it? Yeah. And you know what I really like as well is that this is obviously, we're talking about the UK most watch. I love how a, a Spanish show is doing so well globally. And um, I wonder how many people watch, because I watch the English version dubbed over, and it is a bit annoying at first, but I get used to it. Um. I wonder how many people watch with subtitles. And, yeah, you know, and I wonder how many people watch with nothing at all as well. Like, I feel like you could. I feel, I have been known to watch foreign language shows with no subtitles and just go with the flow. Right. Like, I'm pretty... Sh- I think you can actually tell an awful lot without language. It's really interesting. Um, it's really annoying that I, I don't know the actors in this, though, because I'd love to pick them up because I... I think the acting is great. Yeah, and what the girl who plays Tokyo was in the new Snake Eyes film, which we right. talked about on the Hidden podcast, and she was really good in that. That was the first thing I ever saw her in. She was playing uh, the did, big. Did you know she was in Money Heist, or were you just like? No, oh, I, I was. Heist. I was like because she's playing the big bad of the Hasbro Toys universe, and I and was she's like, Spanish, right? She's Spanish. Yeah, and she's Spanish, and I was like, you're in a role that a big actress should have and I have no clue who you are and I googled her and then I saw she was the lead of Money House and I was like that's why you've been cast right <laughs> no she I just think but my f- favourite character then uh, on Money House then we'll move on to number four mine the professor I think he's awesome you give me the professor vibes I don't know if that's a good thing or not but you give me professor vibes I quite like Raquel Right, yes, he, he's cool, he's cool. Yeah. I, oh, I just love them all, I absolutely love them all. I could talk about this for ages, but we're not going to. Uh, on to number four now is, uh, again, I'm getting the vibes of probably doesn't appeal to us blokes, uh, Good Girls now on Netflix. I watched a couple of episodes, quite enjoyed it. Did you know Maiden Chelsea was originally going to be called Chelsea Girls? And I love Maiden Chelsea. Uh, but I wouldn't watch it if it was called Chelsea Girls. So I personally, I never understand why you want to put something like that 
in the title, really, because well, I feel good. like you instantly say goodbye to 50% of the population. Well, Good Girls is about bank robbers. It's about, like, these three mums who are also bank robbers. So, okay, I, I don't mind having Boys Date, my favourite film of last year, had the word boys in and didn't have a female character in whatsoever, the documentary. Boys Date also won an Emmy the other day. Won a one best documentary. Um, but um, Oh, at the real Emmys? At the Creative Art <laughs> Emmy. It's a proper Emmy. I just missed, <laughs> I just mistexted. Um, but, <laughs> okay, sure, sure. But no, Good Girls is actually quite good. I just haven't had time to watch it properly. Uh, at number three, we got Clickbait. I don't know what that's about. Is it about Clickbait? Is it a documentary about Clickbait? I don't know, but it beat Money Heist to number one last week. I've not what? watched I know, I've not watched it. I and that's surprising because we not watched it. Heist is good. I know no one who's watched it. I quite like Zoe Kazan. Other than that, it's been a huge hit for Netflix but and I have no clue what it's about. I, see, that's so shocking because literally everywhere on like, you know, you follow the big Instagram accounts like Puberty and Lab Bible, they're all posting about the new season of Money Heist and it's trending on Twitter. Because Money like, Heist is built in followers. So... Right. Clickbait will but be... But it beat Money Heist, though. It did, because Netflix aren't... Adver- Netflix weren't going to advertise Money Heist to someone who wasn't already watching Money Heist. But okay. anyone who's not... Because watch- I feel like the idea of, you know, it's five seasons, that will scare new viewers off. Yeah, I. that's why I didn't want to start watching it. And it's right. why I'm taking it slowly. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not just binging, 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 losing three days. We need to find out more about clickbait then, because I'm feeling we like, do. you know, we're on a film and TV podcast, and we, not, neither of us have a fucking clue what it's about. Uh, yeah. Um, at number two, uh, a show which everybody knows. I personally think... It's got Idris Elba in, right? No, that's Luther. Oh! This is Lucifer, the final season of the show about the devil. I feel like I've watched bits of them both, but I got them confused. Yeah. They're similar kind of vibes, right? No, not at all. Oh, I'm so confused. Lucifer's a dark drama about a bank cop from London who investigates murders and is great friends with Ruth Wilson's amazing And I've watched quite a bit of that. I I love Lucifer. I thought, Idris, you need to be the next James Bond. After watching Luther, I actually agreed on that comment. Lucifer is just like this, I can't, I don't even know what genre it is, but it's basically like the devil on earth because he's got bored investigating things. It's had its final season. It's huge. Lots of people love it. I have never cared for it, so just have not And at number one, which on the notes you've actually put as number three, but I'm assuming it's it's number one. Um it is uh, turning point nine eleven. Oh, thanks, Ben, for changing it now. Yeah, definitely <laughs> not too late. Um, at number one, turning point nine eleven and the war on terror. So, does this? They're both on Netflix. Um, does this cover the same stuff as Worth, or is it a you know different take onto what happened? So, whereas Worth is a bi- biographical drama that dramatizes one specific event that we don't really talk about. Turning Point 9-11 is a fascinating five-part documentary series and I am really into it and I will watch... I'm only... I'm midway through the first episode. I haven't watched a lot of it, but I'm really enjoying it and I watched this before you got on the call and I'm going to watch it after we've finished recording. Um, It's a more broad look at not just 9-11, but its role in the whole war on terrorism that goes from the 
first war in Afghanistan in the Does it cover, you know, things like airport security, which since 9-11 has quadrupled times 100? Look, I can't talk about what it covers in... Right. Later, I haven't seen the whole thing. I've, I'm yeah. I'm 90% of the way through the first episode. But it right. does it, but, but it's a know, real... I'm sorry, I think it's important to, you know, I, I'd love it if it out, outlined, like, just little things that we're now so useful with a result of, you know, 9-11. Well, it it's more, it's not point. kind of that show. It's more right. a really deep dive into the US relations with the Middle East and the US relations oh, with right, terrorism. Okay. That's the type of show it is, and it starts in literally in the 1980s when the US literally went into Afghanistan to kick out the Soviets and funded, they funded Al-Qaeda, people forget that, and then it goes into the 90s and the pre-lib, and then 9-11's kind of a tiny part of the story that's about how the US and the wars in Afghanistan and the wars in Iraq, and... It would have been, it's one of those stories that came out at the, just the right time, not because of 9-11's 20th anniversary, but because of what's happened in Afghanistan at the moment, the horrible, horrible things that are happening in Afghanistan at the moment, they're just truly upsetting. Um, it's a phenomenal documentary series, and I, that's why it's number one on Netflix, ahead of the films. It is so interesting. Yeah, and just and the history buff in me... Like, just the history degree in me is just like, oh my god, this is one of the best. This is when I've your watched. two passions. I will, I yeah, I will watch it a bit more tonight. I'd say three. I'd say three: history, politics, and you know, a, a, a series. You yeah, know? I know. And my history and my politics of like my history is very. I'm interested in America and how they their ideologies affect the world post. 20th century so this is literally a perfect documentary series for me and yeah and also i really like how it's relevant because you know it's 25th anniversary of 9-11 but also like you said what's going on in afghanistan afghanistan at the minute you know it just it's come out of the right time like you said and i there's so much from today's podcast ben that i want to go and watch like it yeah, it's, it's, we've had some cracking stuff on the podcast today. Um, if you have liked the podcast, please do, you know, give us five stars. Um, leave, us a, leave us a comment. Email us, benheath101 at gmail.com. And uh, as always, follow us on Twitter. We are at ArticuFilm. And please check out the website. Literally Google ArticuFilm. It's the first thing that comes up on Google. Uh, we're being Ben and Jacob. Thank you so much for listening and checking us out. We will see you on the next one, which hopefully should be next week. Uh, bye-bye. Bye.